your skills and your talents are just as important as any of the men that are there. And don't let them ever tell you that it's different. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries. A community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Glossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Calling all women who love their ride. I would like to introduce you to a one-of-a-kind women's motor fest. You will not want to miss this sisterhood celebration of women-owned whips, cars, trucks, motorcycles, ATVs. If it has a motor, it belongs. Ladies, this is our motor fest. Boys are welcome to attend, but the spotlight will be owned by the women in their whips. Check out all the details by visiting womensmotorfest.com. Lori Johnson is in the driver's seat today. She's been in the automotive industry for over 20 years. Lori has experience in all back-end service operations and also worked as a technician, a service writer, and a service manager. She's the founder of Ladies Start Your Engines, an interactive automotive maintenance and knowledge class designed for women. Lori uses her skills and knowledge in helping other women feel empowered with their automotive repair knowledge. Now let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B coming to you, and I have Lori in the hot seat today. How are you doing today, Lori? I'm good. I'm a little nervous. Uh, I'm not sure what you're going to ask me, but I'm ready. <laughs> you're ready for it. It's interesting because some folks, I haven't had a lot, but they'll, is there a preset questions? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I've actually had one person refuse to do the interview that I've invited because I didn't have preset questions. And my whole thing is I want it to be organic, and I think that's some of the secret sauce yeah. to Femcanic Garage Podcast, but the only thing you have to be an expert in is your journey and your experience. That's pretty much it, and that's just kind of like a dance from there. I'll lead you through it. That's good, because I know my journey and my experience, so I should be good. We had the opportunity to chat first, well, at SEMA. But then Women's History Month interview on Stereotypes, the blog series that I partnered with, Chastity Racist, and that was a lot of fun. But there were preset questions and direction around that one, but this is all freestyle and now. Okay. Woohoo. Let's do it. <laughs> we're going to get our freestyle on. We didn't get a chance to talk about some of your background in the Women's History Month interview. I want to dive into that and learn just a little bit more and share with the listeners around it. You did fill out a driver's seat form or the pre-interview form, so I have a little bit of a cheat sheet, but I want to share some of those adventures. Did you always know you were going to get into the automotive industry? No, that's the simple answer, I guess. I still am kind of amazed because I'm not like a gearhead or I'm not, you know, people are like, oh, I put this in my car and I'm just like, okay, you know, so I'm not, um, I didn't like tune cars when I was a kid or any of that kind of stuff. I wasn't around anybody. My parents are not mechanically inclined really. So yeah, no, I didn't. What eventually drew you to it? 
Well, I went to a year of college because, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. And I decided that was really just not for me. And so because I didn't have to rely on this education that I got that was going to lead me to something, I could, my world was pretty much open to what I wanted to do. And I think I saw like an ad on TV or something for a program. And I thought, well, that would be interesting. I like to work with my hands. And, you know, maybe that would be something that would kind of be fun. I'm always interested in how things work. And can you take them apart and put them back together and it still works? So I think that was the beginning of my interest in it. You've been in the industry for 30 years now? Yes, a little over. <laughs> yeah, A little over. Okay. Yes. It's interesting sharing that and talking to women and talking about how long you've been in an industry. I think that's a big difference between men and women. For men, and jump in if you disagree with me. When I talk to men and I hear them talk about their experience, and they're like, I have 25 years of experience. Like they don't hesitate, right? Right. And when I talk to women and they're like, well, I have... 20 years experience or 25 years experience, sometimes there's like a pause and it's like, shit, 25 years. There's some of these girls sitting here that may not even be 25 years old, right? right? It's like, dang, right? I think that's one of those differences between men and women. And I hope that changes because there's such a depth and I don't know, I almost want to call it a comfort. And, and what I mean by that, Lori, is that when you think about our industry, majority of the mentors are men. And when I say majority, probably 99.9% of them yeah, are men, right. right? Yeah. Not until recently have there been more women coming into the industry. But to hear someone like yourself with over 30 years of experience, and you didn't just go and do your day job, right? You went out and taught women, actively started a company to train and teach women to get them more comfortable. You weren't targeting gearheads to your point, right? Right. It's just educating women who want to be a little more knowledgeable about their car and women who maybe like the culture. Maybe they don't have the classic car or the souped up car, their everyday driver that they really enjoy driving and keeping clean. Right. Right. I so respect that about you and diving into it. You were one of the initial people that started that. I've gone out and done a little bit of research on you and, and watched some stuff. And to me, when I observe you, you're a mechanic second and a teacher first. Like it is so natural to you. Has anyone ever told you that? You're like a born teacher trainer. I think, um, yeah, I think once I started really doing it, and I realized how much I loved it, and I think it really showed. And people would say after, you know, you just have a great way of explaining things. And so when I actually started teaching at the community college in Philly, they approached me about teaching some other classes. I, I taught kind of the intro class, and I was a little nervous about that because I didn't have as much experience in some of the different areas. And, you know, one of the guys said to me, he's like, you know what? You're a good teacher. I know that you're going to read the material. You're going to understand as much as you can about it. And then you're going to teach it. And that's what people who teach do. It doesn't mean that they know 100% of everything they teach. It's that they're well-prepared and, you know, they can present it in a way that people understand it. And so that's stayed with me for a long time because you're not just a teacher because you know everything. I know some people who are great, great techs, but 
ask them to explain something. And, and there's a whole different, it, you can't just teach because you know something. There's more to it than that. That's a great point. You just dropped so many knowledge bombs in that little segment. So I want to backpedal a little bit to make sure that we all catch it, <laughs> including myself. So listeners, when you hear me repeat stuff, it's so that it sinks in for myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me, it's my learning from my guests. One of the key things that I picked up from what you just said, Lori, is that when you teach and when you lead, it doesn't mean that you know it all or that you have it all figured out. You may just have a skill for being able to take something that's complex and breaking it down in such a way that people can understand it. That is such an art form and skill. You know what I mean? I think of project management that way too. You have this big, massive project. People look at it and they're overwhelmed. And if you can break it down into small, chewable bites and then bring them along in the journey where it's just one foot in front of the other, it becomes less daunting. And that's the way a lot of people feel about cars. What you do is an art form and you're really good at it. And you can tell. You're passionate about it. Like you genuinely care. And I think that's your secret sauce, Lori, is that people feel that about you. Just genuine and wholesome. And people crave that, especially people who want to get their car worked on and women who want to get their car worked on. It's not just about like, what can I do to make money or that kind of thing. I think I truly want somebody to learn what I know and pass it on. That's really been my, you know, what's the sense of learning something if you can't share it with other people? And that's always been, for me, in automotive industry, that's really been important to me because there aren't a lot of women that work on cars. I mean, we're getting more and more of them. But if they can turn around and help women who don't have those opportunities or don't have the desire to actually learn it as a trade, but just to have the knowledge for safety, for driving, for knowing what to do with their car so that it doesn't explode when they're driving down the highway because they you know, haven't changed the oil in yeah. six years or something. It's, it's that kind of thing. And doing it in a way that is respectful to everybody. I don't need to show up and just spout all these big words and make sure that everybody knows that I know what I'm talking about. I'm there to help these women learn something that they might not have had an opportunity to, to learn before. And so I'm going to use language that I hope they can understand. And if they don't, I'm going to ask them, hey, is there a different way that I could explain this if you don't get it? Because that's my point. That's what I want to do. I think that's so important for women in our industry to hear is this message right here is that you don't have to have it all figured out. And just because you don't have it all figured out doesn't mean you're not a great candidate to teach other people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think there's power in that. There's real empowerment in that. Clearly, you're a teacher. You have lots of experience. You've been doing this a long time. I want to talk a little bit about the company that you started, because I think this is a, a clear segue into that. And we can kind of grow off of that because some of the most successful people in this industry, I find, I don't know if I want to call it, have a side hustle per se, but it kind of is like a creative outlet. 
But can you talk a little bit about the company that you started? Ladies Start Your Engines is the name of the company. And it really came about when I was teaching at the community college and the people who do the adult education side of it. So like the one-off classes that people come in at night and take or what have you. And one of the women said, hey, you know, would you consider teaching this class for a group of just women? And uh, I thought, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Let's let's try that. And luckily, I worked at the facility, so I was able to use the shop. We did it on a Saturday. And they asked me, they said, well, we need a name for this class. And and I said, well, just, I don't know, call it Lady Start Your Engines. You know, and I laugh about it now because, you know, I've since trademarked and, you know, it's been around for so long. And so many people, you know, love the name when they hear it. Define how long. Yeah. I, so I started the business in 2006. So unfortunately, I've never really been able to do it full time, but I've always had the business. It has b- truly been a business, though, for that period of time. So I taught the class and it went so well. I mean, the women were really engaged and they were not afraid to ask questions. And- do you charge a fee for the class, Lori? Yes, I do. So I think for that one, it probably wasn't as much. But typically what happens is someone will hire me and they'll pay a fee and they either ask the participants to pay or they cover the cost because they want the customers or they... So like a company may hire you? Yeah. Yes. Got it. So from there on, I just thought, wow, this is really needed. You know, these women are really interested. So... I think this is something that could really, I could expand on it. And so I started kind of advertising it to dealerships and to shops and local places and ended up teaching, you know, at colleges and Girl Scouts and they have a car care badge and it just kind of expanded from there. I I remember doing a class for a hospice group because all their drivers were women who went out to these patients and they didn't want their employees to break down somewhere and not feel confident that they could get help or know what to do. Yeah. So all kinds of avenues. It's really been interesting. We started this and you had mentioned, boy, I'm kind of excited and nervous to see what you ask me about, Jane. And what I found when I started digging around on you, Lori, is that a lot of this stuff is pretty well documented about you. You've had lots of interviews. You've done features. You've, I mean, not only are you a mechanic, but you know how to market yourself well. And you've been featured in a lot of different places. What I'm going to do is include a lot of those links in the description. But when I started digging in and reading in between the lines, I have this fascination around entrepreneurship and business. And I started exploring more around, okay, what's the next level for women in our industry? And I think unknowingly, you kind of grew into it. You're a mechanic, you're a teacher, but you're also one hell of an entrepreneur. That's what I'm curious about and picking your brain on because all those other avenues, Lori, are so well documented about you. You're a pretty freaking savvy entrepreneur. So when when you talk about starting your company, Ladies Start Your Engines, you mentioned that you ended up trademarking it. You marketed to companies. I want to talk a little bit about your entrepreneur journey and what that was like for you because you started it in 2006. 
And there were not a lot of people doing what you were doing at that time. Not a lot at all. What was that entrepreneur journey like for you? Well, I think I realized pretty early that there wasn't really anybody doing what I was doing because I was willing to travel anywhere. I didn't have a shop. So most of the women who were doing, you know, teaching a class like I was were shop owners or they worked in a shop. So that meant they could do it locally. But I put myself out there and said, hey, if you need me in California, I'll go or, you know, wherever. So that opened up a giant field of where could I go and who could I teach? Because when you do it in your community, after a while, you saturate that community. And then you might have to take kind of a break from teaching that class because you're not going to get anybody. But by opening it up to the whole United States or I mean, I had a woman from Africa talk to me once. I'll never forget that. And we had a conversation and she was going to bring me out there and everything. And it just wasn't safe at the time for me to go. Anyway, when I started, I was kind of looking at like the basic things that you want. I chose colors that I wanted to use from the beginning. I chose, I had somebody do a logo for me. And then I started with all that stuff. So everything was the same. I think I kind of did that from talking to people and looking at people who were business owners and, you know, what do I need to do? So I don't have to make all these changes later. I got my colors. I've got what I want it to look like. I had somebody do my website for me. And then I based my flyers off of the colors and the look of the website. So everything kind of came together in that sense. And then I was, I don't know, I'm not really a marketer. I mean, <laughs> I say that. I guess I am to some degree, but I just tried to put myself out there and figure out. I remember doing mailings in the beginning. You know, I made like postcards and sent them out to like all the local dealers and that kind of thing. And and then because I worked at the community college, I think that gave me a lot of exposure because I had the college backing me. You know, they thought it was great. And whenever I taught anywhere, I would contact newspapers television stations, any of that kind of thing, because I figured anybody who came to see me, if they video... I'm not a marketer, really. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I keep saying that because I'm like, okay, now what do I do? But it worked. And so, again, in the beginning... Did you do that full-time, Lori, or did you also have kind of a day job? No, I had a day job. I've always had other jobs, but they varied in what they were. Usually they weren't full time. Mm-hmm. I was doing other things. But for the most part, it's always been auto related. Yeah. You know, I've always been in the industry. And I thought that was really important for me. I felt I needed to be in the industry. Being a woman, although many times, and you'll hear us say stuff like that, like, okay, fat enough. I'm going to go do this. But there's so many aspects of places you can work within the industry that if you got tired of turning wrenches or your hands were, you know, you're getting older and your hands are sore from doing it or whatever. There's other things that you can do. So can you give some examples of like some avenues you explored personally? I worked at the dealership for seven years and I turned wrenches, but I was also a service manager. So I did that. Then I went to the college and I worked there for about eight years. And so I was doing some teaching there and also helping like not run the program, but I would make sure that we had everything. So I was dealing with the people we get the cars from and where we get the parts and all that kind of stuff, and then helping students to pick their classes and that kind of thing. So, you know, I had that. I also was an editor for about three years for Chilton Automotive Repair Manuals. 
So again, there were only like three women in the section that I was in and the rest were all guys. Uh, but we wrote those books. And so, you know, I'm published. I still have a, a couple copies, which is kind of fun to open the cover and go, look, editor, my name, you know, here in this big book. Yeah. And then most recently, I spent four years working for independent parts sales. So that was really interesting for me as well, because I it was kind of one of the last things that I, so I'd worked on cars. I had been a manager. I sold parts. I've done everything pretty much on the back end. So I have all that experience as well, but it helped me to understand all these different avenues, you know, how these parts get from one place to another and just how everything works. So, yeah, I strongly recommend that to anyone to move around, mm -hmm. learn your business and don't just do one thing. You can always come back to the one thing that you love, but spend a little bit of time in different areas. Was there ever a time where you wanted to throw in the towel with your business? Where it's like, okay, I just can't anymore. I have to say no. I always wanted to be able to do it just itself mm -hmm. so I could focus all my energy on it. And that's been the most frustration for me is that I've had to do all these other things. But I look back and I realize that by doing all those other things, it's made me the better teacher that I am. Mm -hmm. My goal has just been really to make sure that that business stays running. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm always you know, doing enough to keep it as a business tax purpose wise or whatever, so that I keep my LLC and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. What has been your greatest lesson around the entrepreneurship? Like if you were to mentor someone right now and they're a mechanic and they want to explore other revenue opportunities and entrepreneurship, what advice would you give them? Because your company has been around a while. Yeah, I think, first of all, it has to be something that you're passionate about and realize that it's not always going to be fun. There are times when it's a lot of work because I am the one-man band. I have to make the appointments. I have to collect the money. I have to do the advertising. So you have to realize what you're getting yourself into. I would love to just teach, you know, that I get up in the morning and they say, okay, you're going here and you're going there. And, and you know, that would be great. But it's not reality. So you have to be prepared for that and not just jump into it because there's a part of it that you like to do. You have to be willing to do all these other things. And then also, I really kind of got myself surrounded by other women who were supported me in what I did. So they were great. They would spread the word about what I was doing. Or if they were in a business that they could hire me, you know, they would do that. Having those allies is great so that you always have somebody who, when you're saying, I don't know if I want to do this and they're more and they're like, are you crazy? Of course you're going to do it. You know, nobody else is doing this and we love it. And, and I'll be like, okay. Or they'd remind me. It's funny. Like if you read my resume, even I look back sometimes and I go, wow, I really have done a lot of things. And that kind of stuff reminds me, you know, I get introduced on a show or something like this and I listen as they read off all those things. And I think, I certainly can't complain. I've had a good life so far, and I've learned a lot, and I've gotten to the place where I am today from just all those experiences. So they add up, but just know that it's not going to be easy, but I think it's rewarding. What is next for you, Lori? Your resume reads like a sizzle reel, and it just a lot of experience. You started a business. 
And beyond that, you, you're a baker. You make music as well, which I'm not going to miss the opportunity to say, okay, you owe me a parody. <laughs> Listeners, Lori's going to make me a parody, <laughs> an automotive parody. <laughs> Can you summarize what that kind of is, Lori? Yeah. So you try to find something that everybody knows, and then you change the words to be, you know, whatever the subject is that you want them to be. And we're going to do automotive, right? Yep. Yep. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. I am so excited. Here's the deal. When you actually come up with that, what I'd like to do is get on the show. We'll do video. I'm at, maybe you'll have your guitar or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's just playing music in the background. And we'll do this. Are you up for that? Sure. Sure. I'll do it. I'm so freaking excited for <laughs> it. <laughs> so listeners, Lori's uh, shared with me one of the other parody songs that you did. Didn't you do a, another parody song? And you're pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. You're pretty good at it. You're part of a choir as well, which is going to nationals? Internationals. Internationals. Mm -hmm. Look at me just saying nationals. Internationals. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. International. Yes. Cutting out the rest of the countries. Talk a little bit about that. I think it's important for people to see how multidimensional you are because a lot of the material on you is very automotive specific and teaching the classes and being a mechanic. That's why I wanted to explore the entrepreneurship side of it. But there's this whole other side of Lori as well. My family is pretty musical. My mother played piano and sang and my father is a singer. And so I just remember growing up, you know, singing in the house. And I think the first time I sang in a chorus or a choir was when I was in elementary school. And I remember I got picked in like fourth or fifth grade to be one of two kids from our elementary school to sing in this choir of mixed mm -hmm. other schools. So obviously I could carry a tune, I guess, back then. So I took piano lessons when I was a kid. I hated it, but I'm glad now that I took it because I can read music. So I still kind of play around a little bit. And then when I was like 13, I took my birthday money and I bought a guitar and my dad was like, okay, you got this guitar. Like this is going to be a year thing and then we're never going to see it again. And I don't know, I've had about six guitars since then. And I play and write music, and he just says, okay, you know, I was wrong about that. So I sang in a lot of choirs in high school, and then I, I didn't do stuff for a while, I think, after that. And I've been singing in a local Sweet Adelines at Barbershop, so it's all a cappella, and we sing four-part, and we're in a chorus of about 30, and then I also sing And in it's a, all women, right? Yeah, all women. And then I sing in a quartet as well with that same group. So we compete at a regional level every year. And this year it'll be at the end of April. And then if you score high enough, uh, you get invited to international. And so we've been invited to international this year, which will be in Phoenix. So look out, Bogey. She knows I'm coming. She's I'm coming for you. Car a couple days while I'm there because I'm multi-talented. <laughs> you know, I can sing one day and work on the car the next. So we'll be going out to Phoenix to compete. So that puts us in like, I think, like the top 50 choruses of Sweet Adelines in this international level. So it's pretty exciting. It's been on our bucket list to get there and we're all excited to go. Here's all these different things that you do, 
right? I think there's a key message in that as well, is that do what you can not to be one-dimensional, right? So yeah, you do mechanical work, but even within that space, you taught, you started a business and trained or taught other women. I heard you're an amazing baker, which I am pretty excited to maybe try some of that bread. And I wouldn't care if you took part of the loaf off to taste test it. (laughs) And those of you, the listeners, you'll have to go and check out the blog post. It's part two in the Women's History Month or the Dirty Little Secrets in the Automotive and Skilled Trades Industry blog series. Lori was featured in it. And you shared a little bit about baking bread and how you couldn't taste test it because it would be a little weird if you just walked in and part of the loaf of bread's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Although that would be pretty funny. I think a key thing here is keep things fresh and try different things. Do different things. I feel like as we get older, we lose that. I guess one of the other things I'm thinking as you're saying that too is that I rarely said no to anything. I thought, okay, let's see where that goes. Like, So I'm a motorcycle rider too. I've been riding since I was a kid. And for a couple of years when I moved to the East Coast, I taught the motorcycle safety class too. And there weren't a lot of women doing that either. That was just another thing that I did. And I ended up when I was at the college teaching, and I taught for many, many years, I think, the safety inspection class. So for techs who are out there who needed their inspection license, they had to come and take a class and they had to pass a, an, a written test and a hands-on test. So here I was, this five-foot woman sitting in the classroom and here come all these guys that have been you know, working in the industry for however long and they needed their inspection license. And they're looking around like, who's teaching this class? You know, and, and then word got out. And so people would come to the class and they knew that I was the instructor. But Believe me, when I was standing out in that shop and they had to do certain things to the car to pass, and I certainly, there were people I failed that did not do the right thing. And, you know, they would get angry (laughs) and tell me I didn't know what I was doing or whatever. And it was just kind of like, look, this is the test. You know, I do all these things. I know how to do them. I'm not just standing here. I'm not a talking head. Yeah. I've done these things. And there were just opportunities that came along my way. And even though I was might have been scared about it or I was nervous to think, can I really do that? And I'm thinking, well, they're asking me. If they didn't think I could do it, I guess they wouldn't have offered me that job or whatever. Or if they were doing it kind of as, hey, hey, let's see what happens. You know, they were sorely mistaken because (laughs) I don't ever remember doing something and then losing my job because I couldn't do it. So what you just described is probably one of the most important lessons that every woman needs to hear over and over and over and over and over again. So it is just part of our being. And that's go do it. Say yes and go do it. And oftentimes we hold ourselves back. Imposter syndrome, fill in the blank. Go do it. Who cares if you fail? Right. Men fail all the time. Right. You just keep going. Are we scrutinized more in this industry? We are. But you learn from it and you move on to the next one and you get it right the next time. Right. It's okay. Just keep at it and keep doing it. So I'm going to circle back to the original question. Now that the listeners know how dynamic you are, what is next for Lori? You've done so much and it's not that you're going to stop doing those things. I get that. Yeah. You know, I don't know because I'm still open. I'm still open to doing different things. 
and I'm not too old to teach or do any of those things. So I just, uh, I don't know. I keep wondering if my bread that I make every week that I post on Facebook, will someone will start following me that uh, wants me to do a, you know, hey, I'll fix your car and we'll show them how to make bread on the side. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I like a show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The baking, cooking mechanic. I, I don't know. <laughs> that does parodies on the, in between. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That just happens to have my guitar right here. Let me sing the latest song I've, you know, worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be yeah. awesome. Then your choir sisters come in behind you and yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> like I can see it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, it pulls all together. Right, right. Oh, man. I, I love that. And, you know, there's underlying and read in between the lines lessons in that. I've had like seven, eight, maybe 10 failed businesses. Each one, I learned something new and I figured out parts that I liked and parts that I didn't. And you keep building upon it. And you just keep going. And then eventually you get everything that lines up right. And you're still pulling on all those things that, air quotes, you failed at, supposedly. You didn't fail at it. Right. You figured out what you didn't like and you figured out, hey, that is something I want to do. I just don't have all the bits and pieces together. And here you are with all these bits and pieces All this dynamic thing. And what you just described, Lori, (laughs) I would watch out of pure curiosity. (laughs) I would. (laughs) Well, you know, I was just thinking, too, I I also do Reiki. Explain to the listeners what Reiki is. I'm familiar with it. I've had it done. So Reiki is basically energy healing. I feel that we all have energy about us that allows us to heal a lot of the things that we have. And it's great because it's also being offered in hospitals now, which just goes to show you that there is a belief in it now that it actually works. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times people can, that's a choice on their little card of things they can choose before surgery and after surgery is to have Reiki. So it's a hands-free type of thing where you just relax. And I always tell people that if you fall asleep on me, I've done my job, you know, because especially today, people find it hard to relax. And you need to be in that relaxed state to make yourself better for your immune systems, for your health. So it's just getting people to kind of take that time and and relax and use that energy to heal themselves, really. Yeah. So is there anything you don't do? Well, there is. There's. I tried knitting and I wasn't very good at that. So <laughs> No knitting for Lori, huh? You know, I don't know. It still fascinates me because it is a hands yeah. thing, you know yeah. what I mean? But I made a little scarf for one of my cats once and that was as far as I went. So. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't really want to wear it. So, you know, that was, I was done with Were that. Were you able to get a picture of it though? I think there was a picture of it. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's outstanding. I think this is a good time to launch into the red line round and what the red line round is. Five rapid fire questions, no right or wrong answer. Whatever pops into your head is the right answer. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. All righty. First question is, who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Um, I have to say that um, there are a handful of women that I can count on one hand that do what I do. And I think that I'd like to think that we inspire each other, but we're all around the same age. You know, we've been in this industry 
I really like keeping up with them and keeping in touch with them and finding out what they're doing. And it, it helps inspire me to watch what they're doing and to also know. Come on, name drop some of them. Go ahead. Give them some love. Okay. So Bogey, mm-hmm. uh, Audra Forden is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Matinette. Oh, she's amazing. Yep. All of them are. So um, these are some just some people that have, uh, Jill Trotta, I mean, just people who have been in the industry for a while doing, you know, some of them you know, some of them you may not know, but these women have been doing this like I have for years and years and years. And all of them, and I, I seriously mean all of them, also reach back and they are teaching and they are giving of themselves and they're bringing up that next generation. And so... I've always looked up to all these women who do these things and stay in this business. Very, very well said. And all amazing women. We're going to be done recording and then four more women are going to like pop into your head. And you're going to be like, dang yeah. it, I yeah. should have. So, yeah. the- Well, Jodi DeVere, too. I, I think about that. I mean, I certainly spent many years with her. That's not an all-inclusive list, yeah. right? Right. But there's some. Exactly. Yes, there are. It is a small group. It is a small group because we started out as just this little, the women who could, you know, and and (laughs) we forged on into our own states and lived far away from each other and carried on. So I feel like there should be background music right now. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right. Where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job? Uh, I think that would be probably the the guys that I worked with at the community college, one of them I knew for years. I worked with him previously before I went to the college, and the other one was there as an instructor. So uh, Dan Reed and Rich Saxton, both great guys, really knowledgeable, both teachers, instructors. They're great for me to ask questions because if I'm trying to teach something, they may have hints or what they did, but they're also super knowledgeable. And if I get stuck, they're the ones I call and say, hey, how do I do this? You know, and then uh, they, you know, so they're only a phone call or or an email away, which is great. So they're kind of my go-to guys. Lori, what excites you most about what you do? I think seeing the women's faces and at the end of the class, I remember the first time that this happened, the women clapped like I had just done a show or something, you know, and I thought, what, what is this? And then one of the women came up and said, no, no, can I give you a hug? Is that OK? Aww. And I thought this means so much to them. And I can't even tell you I'm in like a whole different zone when I teach because I just I'm excited when I do it, no matter how many times I do it, because it's always a different group. But I see the the you know, they're so thankful to learn that. So I don't know. I just, I really love that. I just got goosebumps when you shared that. That's so freaking (laughs) awesome. What is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck, unsupported, or discouraged? I think, again, reaching out to people and, and having conversations. Like, I know for me, going to SEMA, was is great because I run into a lot of people that I know, and then I also met people. And it's just really good to be around other women in the industry, and especially at a place like that because there's so many of us together. Mm-hmm. And everybody, at least in the group that I hung out with, and I'm thinking about the time that uh, there was a whole group of us that went, the bogey had invited out. And these were people that you know, all these women. 
And they're all uplifting each other. Mm -hmm. There was no, hey, I do this or I do that. They're like, oh, you know, I learned this from her or she taught me this or I had this conversation. And it's one of the things that I love. And it, it also, I think, speaks a lot for what the women in this industry are like. Yeah. I haven't met anybody who's like a backstabber that just is trying to get ahead for the most part. Yeah. It's Everybody is really supportive. I agree. And finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in this skilled trades industry? Well, we've all talked about this before, that when you go into this, you got to have a little bit of a tough skin. And it's just, there's no easy way around it. I wish I could say that things have changed and that you're just going to go out there and people are going to go, wow, you know what you're doing? You've had school. It's going to be great. And we want more women in this industry. And But that's just... It's just not there yet. So you've got to have that, first of all. And you've got to believe that you belong there and that you have a place. Uh, you know, your your skills and your talents are just as important as any of the men that there are there. And don't let them ever tell you that's different. And say yes. Say yes to things that come along. And And I think these are all things, you know, we've said over and over and over again. It isn't easy always it's scary to be that person and think, all right, they're, are they really asking me to do this because they think I do good work or are they doing it to see if I fail? And, you know, you can't control that. You can't. All you can do is go into it with the best that you have. And if that job is not working out for you and you really feel like it's not going to get any better, there's a million other places to go. So just do it. Don't be afraid of it. And don't let anybody, you know, give you a hard time about it, really. Go someplace else, get yourself a circle of friends who are going to support you and do what you love. Where and how can people connect with you, Lori? Well, you can find me at ladystartyourengines.com. I'm also on LinkedIn as Lady Start Your Engines. See how the simple thing is going here? I get it. And on Instagram at Lady Start Your Engines. And we will have links to all of this stuff in the description as well. Lori, thank you so much for being willing to be in the driver's seat, not knowing what the questions were going to be, and being such a trooper and diving into a lot of this stuff. I appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And it was awesome to be able to hang out with you at SEMA. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. I'm so glad that we met. I think we've already developed, a, headed towards a great relationship and friendship. And again, I want to thank you. I appreciate you shining a light on all of this. And for years, I just keep speaking up and, you know, I appear in papers and I appear on a radio show or what have you, but everything that I can do to get the word out there so that more women get into this industry and you're doing a big part of that. So I really appreciate that as well. I'm Lori Johnson. I'm the owner of Lady Start Your Engines. I teach light maintenance class for women and I'm a femcanic. Bogey Latiner is in the driver's seat next. Bogey is a technician, businesswoman, teacher, speaker, industry spokeswoman, and a TV host. Her love for cars started when she was just 16 years old. Her passion for cars grew throughout the years and ultimately turned into a career. Bogey strongly believes that you can accomplish anything you set your mind to with the right attitude and sphere of support. Check out next week's episode as this inspiring woman shares with us her journey and how women can change the automotive industry. Until next time, Femcanics. 
Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribed for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?